Hello, conventioneers. My name is Joe Elizabeth Pinto, and I'm an award-winning author who happens to be blind. I'm glad to be speaking with you today. For more information about my books, which present competent, realistic, blind characters in literature, please visit my website at www.brightsideauthor.com. There you'll find links to my Amazon pages, a blog, a book club, social media contacts, YouTube videos, photos, and more. Again, that's brightsideauthor.com. The Bright Side of Darkness Written by J.E. Pinto Narrated by Adam Siren Prologue There's nothing a damn bit bright about sunshine when you're 17 and you see it from the wrong side of a jail cell window. It isn't that I'm moping for my lost freedom or anything. I wouldn't give a half a crap for my life anymore now that the crew is scattered to the four winds and all I have left of Daisy is her parting note in the waistband of my jeans and a wilted dandelion dangling between my fingers. But it seems to me that the man upstairs could have marked my downfall with a terrific thunderstorm or at least a few nasty black clouds out of the west. When there's a war or a funeral or some other sad thing going on in the movies, the sky usually turns dark and ugly and the rain pours down in buckets. The longer I stare at the square of sunlight streaming through the tiny window of my cell and stealing across the floor, the lonelier I feel. August 27, 1986 is slipping by the same as every other hot, heavy day, and I'm the only one in the world who knows that nothing will ever be alright again. It hasn't always been this way. I ought to have known better than to believe I could reach out and snag a piece of paradise, but for a little while I had it on my fingertips. Chapter 1 The sun was low in the west when me and Stacy and Brian got to the baseball diamond behind the high school. The heat had backed off to that sort of sticky mugginess that makes July evenings in Texas feel like they drag on forever. The field was crowded. Usually the students at the public high school in Bertha City blew off that team pride stuff parents and teachers were always screaming about. But lots of us showed up when we took on the rich kids from the classy private academy across town because we wanted to see them get stomped. You might think there was a lot of bitterness between us. The cops obviously thought so because they were swarming all over the place during the game. But for the most part, it was like we lived on two separate planets. We stayed downtown, and the rich kids stuck to their own turf on the other side of the highway. They looked at us like we were dirt, and we didn't look at them at all unless it was to kick the crap out of their baseball team. Anyway, the only place left on the bleachers was at the bottom near the popcorn stand. We chased off a couple of junior high kids and spread our jackets on the splintery benches to claim spots for Tim and Mark, the other two guys who always hung out with us. Want a Coke, Rick? Stace asked me. I flipped him some change from my jeans pocket, and he and Brian headed for the soda machine. They went everywhere together. Stace and Brian Thomas were twins, and you could barely tell them apart with their light skin and jet black hair, but they were as different as two guys could be. Stace banged his gums together way too much. I mean, there was no shutting that kid up. He was always clowning around and making funny remarks and mouthing off to teachers and cops. It landed him in a heap of trouble, but he really couldn't help it. Brian was a quiet, bookish type who made good grades in school and played tennis. Not even the crew could get him to talk much. 
He mostly kept to himself, thinking his own thoughts and hardly ever voicing them, till you got him on a court with a racket in his hand. And then he was all action. He and Stace were usually dressed sharper than I was because they had a real family with two working parents. You can't judge guys by their clothes, though. The twins were all right for being two years younger than the rest of us, and we'd always accepted them as part of the crew. The crew had grown up as tight as brothers. There was this blonde chick sitting by herself on the bench below mine with a black and tan German shepherd lying at her feet. I nodded and smiled at her, but she didn't glance around, so I turned away. I'm not like some guys, always having to be noticed by chicks, and it was awful hot to knock myself out being social. I wasn't real taken with girls yet anyway, not like Tim, who could have taught old Romeo a whole pack of slick tricks. All that dating stuff seemed like a lot of hassle to me. I mean, a guy chugged along just fine, doing pretty much whatever he wanted. Then he got hooked up with a girl, and the next thing you knew, he was falling all over himself trying to be respectable. Give me a break. The twins came back with the drinks, and after a while, Tim and Mark joined us. Anyone need a cancer stick? Tim pulled a pack of smokes out of his pocket and passed it around. We all lit up, all but Brian, who was too serious about tennis to blacken his precious lungs. He'd had his eye on a sports scholarship to some big eastern college or other practically since he started kindergarten. Tim Bennett was a redhead with sort of shifty-looking eyes and a good build. He was tall, but he slouched all the time. He looked like a pretty tough customer because he had this set to his face that let you know he'd back up anything he said. He would, too. The crew joked that his rap sheet took up its own private file cabinet down at the police station, fighting mostly and drinking. Tim wouldn't go out of his way to be nice to anybody he didn't like, but he'd offer a stranger his last dime in a heartbeat if he thought no one was watching. Mark Romero was small and wiry. He was a kick to be around, always laughing. He didn't cut up like Stace. He was just real happy, except when something touched off his blazing hot temper. He cussed too much, maybe, but most of it was in Spanish, so it didn't count. He never needed booze to have fun. He could get a thrill out of a scrap or a baseball game or anything else that happened to be going on. Hey, babe, Tim called to the little blonde. Your boyfriend's kind of hairy, ain't he? He wasn't always the nicest to girls at first, but he was a charmer once he picked them up, and for some reason most of them would have followed him right into a burning building. She turned toward us. For your information, Captain is a guide dog. She was a cute girl. She had on a yellow dress that was snug around the middle with straps that went over her bare shoulders. Her awesome figure caught my attention first thing. But when I gave her a closer look, I noticed something funny about her eyes. They were sort of blank in her face. It wasn't every day you saw a chick with a dog at a baseball game, so we were all interested. What's a guide dog? Stace asked. Tim fired him a nasty scowl, and Stace decided to give up the floor. I can't see, so he's trained to help me get around. It's really great because I can go anywhere by myself since I got him. She smiled, and she had the most knockout smile I'd ever seen. It lit up her whole face. 
He behaves himself so well, just waiting quietly for me, that sometimes people don't even notice him till we get ready to leave a restaurant or something. A sly look came into Tim's eyes, and I figured he was about to start in with his usual crap. I wished he'd let the girl be. He could get real mean lots of times without trying to when he lost interest in picking up a chick. Those kind of kicks leave me cold, especially if the girl is blind or something. That's a good one. You're not really blind. You just couldn't get a two-legged date for the game. Tim wiggled his fingers under her nose. How many fingers am I holding up? Her smile faded. She spoke tiredly like she'd said the same thing a zillion times before. I'm really blind. I can't see your fingers. God, she was a fox. Most girls would kill for those golden curls and that fair skin. I'm blonde and light-colored myself, but it's not such a big deal for a guy. Anyway, if you weren't looking right at her eyes, you'd hardly know she was blind. She was dressed too nice to be from the bad part of town, but not like a rich kid either, so I guess she must live in one of the middle-class subdivisions out east. Thanks for listening. Again, for more information about my award-winning novel and my non-fiction book that discusses my adventures as a blind mom, please visit my website at www.brightsideauthor.com. That's www.brightsideauthor.com. Both books are available in audio, Kindle, and paperback formats. Happy reading!